Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey, hello. How you guys doing? Um, so here's the deal. Uh, we're doing another show, another live show right now. Um, so, you know, this will be the tape show because the actual live show we did, which some of you might have seen earlier, which we only did, um, a lot of you watched it live probably, was only, took place only, what, two hours ago. Uh, I showed a beautiful goal by Pavel Datsuk, who's playing in a, another league that I cannot mention um, in, in another part of the world, and that other league that I will not mention in the other part of the world decided to block us because we showed a beautiful goal that was scored in that league that, we'll, that we cannot mention that might make people actually interested in that league that we cannot mention because had, we, had they seen that goal, they might say, hey, I want to watch some games from that league I cannot mention. But instead, you're just going to have to take our word for it that Pavel Datsuk scored a goal in that league we cannot mention. That was beautiful. And, um, but I wouldn't go supporting that league we cannot mention anymore. Could it be because some of the members in that league that we cannot mention are taking a drug that we cannot mention? Perhaps we discussed, since we discussed the drug, that's possible. So anyway, let's, uh, let's just, you know, I mean, we, you know, it's not, we're not, we haven't been, we're not hacked, we're not Donald Trump or, or the Democratic National Committee here. We haven't been hacked by, um, Russian hackers. This is a YouTube thing. They're allowed to do this. It's their content. Yep. yep. Um, and you know, I'm not taking it against them, but I, I, you know, I question whether or not it's the right thing from a business perspective to not allow a show that gets a lot of viewers to watch to do that. But anyway, that's all we're gonna say. We're gonna leave it there, uh, and we're gonna do another show for you. So what we're gonna do that this was supposed to be the Patreon show, okay, which was gonna be for our supporters. So we had a we had a guest lineup who's a Patreon guy. So I'm gonna still invite him in, and we're still gonna talk about what we're gonna talk about on our Patreon only show. And our Patreon guys, I know you support us, but you'll understand that we have to do a show for everybody today. So we want to make sure that we do that. We'll have to do another Patreon only show, but we want to make sure that there's a show for people to watch when they get home from work and stuff like that, you know, and we and or then. So we're gonna do a second show today. Um, the first show, which was the greatest show we've ever done, is just in memory. Um, and I might be able, I might be able to actually get it, and we might be able to put a Put a audio on the YouTube feed still. I uh, on the on the, uh, the I'll check that out. Okay, I think I can get the audio from it because I think I have it. So um, anyway, for those of you who <laughs> who wanted to know, that's what we're gonna do. And we're gonna be taking questions in our Patreon thing. We're gonna do this a little bit. Different. So it'll be a little bit different kind of show today. Uh, all we talked about in the first show was we talked about um, what are we talking about again? We talked about the Flyers jerseys. Yep. Um, and we talked about. Um, that's so funny. With all the stuff I forgot what we even talked about. ESPN Prospect. And ESPN Prospect is what we're going to well, get into. We want to talk now. about the top one. That's we're going to get into that now in depth because um, Mike right. has the whole list. And, um, you yeah, know, and I tried to get into, into it, but I'm not an insider. So Mike will bring up the hot button ones that we talked about yesterday offline. And we'll discuss it. Um, so that remembers everything. He'll know. If you're an ESPN insider, and if you're not an ESPN insider, you might want to become one. Of course, if we hadn't tell you about this ESPN insider list, you wouldn't know that. So therefore, you know, we, we ESPN's getting more insiders from this because of us, and that's one reason the ESPN might be okay with us talking about well, their list. In this case, if we do this, we're probably going to get blocked by ESPN. Well, there is such a thing called as free as fair use. We are a news show, and as a news show, we're, we are entitled to fair use. And um, by showing that, you know, there there is an argument to be made that you know we're not. All we're doing with that is reporting is reporting news by showing that link. So, um, you know, this is a really it, 
I know a lot of guys who do podcasts, and they and you know, it kind of consider it a badge of honor to be blocked by by a content provider because that means that someone actually thinks that what you do could possibly affect their revenue streams. Right. <laughs> so we the, the KHL is afraid of us at Hockey Buzz. That's what's happening. The KHL is afraid of us. Um, there you go. No, sorry. Yeah, it looked a lot better in the first show too. Since then, I went and picked up my kid, and and, and my my air conditioner decided to die, which is awesome. So it's like 900 degrees outside here. So I'm driving along, and the, yeah, I hear the sound. Like, and the fan just stops. So maybe the KHL hacked your air conditioner. That's probably what happened. You know, I think the no, the the league we cannot mention may have hacked it. No, by mentioning the, that other league, we could be potentially banned. So I right. hope you guys are enjoying this. I'm going to tweet this out so people know what the hell's going on out there. Right, let's and, talk uh, about the list. And then we'll get into the list. Okay, so uh, give me one second here, um, and then we'll get into it. So I think the um, I wanted to also mention this funny thing I was going to talk about on the other show, if we had a chance to talk about it, and I'm going to also get our guest on here too, was um, I saw that Genesis uh, documentary where, where, all the, where all the original members are sitting down yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah. Right, and I had never actually seen that before. Like I saw that this past weekend. I know it's an old one, but yeah, really. And we're all Genesis fans here, so I had to bring it up. So it's funny because it really does. In that, in that, you really do get a, a sense that Tony Banks is a bit of an ass. Well, like Tony, Tony, you get a you get a sense that Tony Banks and Peter Gabriel just don't like each they other. They can't stand each other. And but right. and and then when you hear some of the stuff Tony Banks says as it goes along, he starts like, man, he's you know. I mean, I'm sure Peter is a hell of a lot to deal with. You know, he's got an ego, probably. Uh, you know, even though I'm a huge Peter Gabriel fan, but um, I, you know, that that then that if you watch the thing, it's on Amazon. You can watch what it. What I learned from it was, it's not Phil and, and Peter that are no. at odds. I always no. thought it was. It's, yeah, yeah, that would be the natural thing to think of, right? You know, know. it's Tony that's at odds. With it's them. Tony and Peter. Yes. Um, and you know, because and Tony gets in, but and but even when Tony talks about his solo albums, he's like. Weird, you know, and the whole the whole thing is strange. The funny thing is that Tony Banks is befuddled at why his solo albums weren't as successful as Mike Rutherford with Mike and the Mechanics, or even Steve Hack. Steve Hackett had a pretty decent solo career after Genesis, or Gabriel or Collins. He, There's a big reason. It just wasn't good. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't good at all. Right. Right. It wasn't. And. uh and they even like Tony Banks even says, "Well, like we wanted Peter to do, we wanted to Phil to do well, but uh, you know, we didn't want to do that." Well. It was like really, I'm like, "What yeah. the hell is wrong?" It was like there was some weird stuff. Phil to be like one of the best songwriters of of his era. Oh, by far, you know, and you know, it just makes you think, like, man, it's like, you know, because this is a band I really would like to see. This is the one band in my lifetime that I would like to see re reunite and play. Like I've well, seen everybody else. Okay, but th this is the thing, and I, and I I haven't seen it, but it's on YouTube, so. Yeah, uh, we can't play it or Genesis. <laughs> sure, as that'll know. Right, but uh, but Phil Collins performed at the opening of the new U.S. Open right. arena in uh, was it Flushing? Yeah. Okay, and apparently did in the air tonight and had Daryl Sturmer and a few other people. And I've been told by somebody who's a big Genesis slash Phil Collins fan that it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, mm. you know. And I'm like, you know what? He says it paled in comparison to what happened in 2007 or 2009 when they toured last. And I'm like, I have been a big critic of that tour because I, that was possibly the worst Genesis show I saw. Because it really wasn't. I was at that tour. I still disagree with you. I know, but 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 if it's worse than 2009, which of course it probably is, because Phil is seven yeah. years older, 
then I don't want to watch it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I, 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 I don't know. I, I just I, feel bad that he was doing the open for the U.S. Open. Like it's just yeah. not a good spot for Phil Collins. Right, 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 right. All right, let me let me invite Mike, and then we're going to get into this thing here. We want to, you know, he'll help us before we before we do. Let's let's bring him in because I did promise I wanted to bring him on. He's a he's a supporter. We really appreciate it, um, in a big way. So let me let me get to get him in here, um, and then we'll get into this. But go, you can start. You can, start, you can tease what we're going to talk about, Mike, a little bit while I'm doing this. Okay. Um, like I said, ESPN has released in the last couple of days on their Insider column, um. A one through thirty list of the organizations in the NHL, the strength of their prospect pool, and the top right. 120 prospects in the NHL, not including that league in. Right, and Corey Promen's the one that ranks. Corey Promen is the one that does the ranking. And um, last year, the Edmonton Oilers were the highest ranked organization, mostly on the strength of Connor McDavid, but you know that's understandable. There were a few other prospects. Uh, Toronto was second. This year, Toronto has ascended to, to first with Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, three players in their top ten. But when he did the individual rankings, Patrick Laine, second overall pick of the Winnipeg Jets, who I think the only uh, pre-draft list that had him ahead of Matthews was what ISS Russ. Yeah, they're the only ones. So, yeah, you, know, you remember Matthews was under the in terms of the NHL rankings from Central Scouting. Uh, Matthews was under European, not North American, and he right. was ahead of and he was ahead of Line on the European. So right. nobody had him ahead, but. This listing had Line A as the number one uh, ranked player, and to, in my opinion, it, I think it was more done for shock value and clickbait than anything. Yeah, I mean, again, Matthews is faster. Matthews plays in traffic. I've seen Matthews push away guys to get shots on. He continuously does wraparounds and, and plays down low. He'll streak down the ice and try and run over the opposition. None of these strike me as being a finesse guy, which is what you said. He was like a, he'd written him as a skill guy. And he's not James Van Riemsdyk. James Van Riemsdyk is a skill guy who's big, but rarely has contact once in a while. Matthews has more contact than James Van Riemsdyk. He does. Here, I'll, I'll quote it directly. He's yeah. not really a physical player who will grind for pucks along the wall, Not nor is he some sort of defensive stalwart. And that's the funny thing because... I mean, at the world at the World Hockey Championships, uh, watching it on television, seeing commentators like Ray Ferraro, former NHLer, who knows, uh, you know, knows a little bit about about uh, the game, and him commenting many times about how Matthews, for being an 18-year-old, was highly developed as a two-way player, and and Matthews saying that the players that he emulates are Jonathan Taves and Anze Kopitar. Not exactly like big-time scorers. These are guys who are two-way guys. Right. Well, the other thing is this. When, since when does guys, do guys like Joe Thornton and, and other big centermen grind it a lot along the wall? That is not their job. So, like, even to mention that to me is sort of like just creating something about Matthews that doesn't exist. 
nobody's going to want Matthews to grind it along the wall. That's not – if he's doing that, he's not scoring, and he's going to be one of the best scorers. So most of the time he is going to get fed the puck. Yeah. And and somebody else will be grinding it along the wall to get it to him. Yeah, and, and, and the, I think the critique of line A is fair because essentially it says is that he's a, he's a big power winner, yeah. special forward. I agree with that. I think he's going to be a, an excellent NHL player. But this thing is that you know he's got broad shoulders and great core strength, and he's going to shrug off checks left and right and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, but the thing is is that, yeah, he'll, he may do that, but Matthews, the reason he doesn't have to do that is because he avoids that contact. Because he's way faster. If, if if anybody saw the video that Chris Johnston put up today, and it shows him how he has this amazing lateral movement and can stop on a dime to get around a defenseman, why would he engage contact? It, the whole thing's just dumb. That's all. Totally. All right. I, I invited Mike. Uh, so Mike, okay. the other the other Mike out there who um who was interested in coming in to our uh, show, and now we're going to get into this list. Um, could you put the link in again? Because I am an ESPN insider, so I can also Watch it as well. See, um, Russ feels left out. He's not an insider. I'm sorry, Russ. I don't feel left out, as a matter of fact. I can probably give you. I don't. Of, I don't care. Anyway, no, I'm going to give it. I don't want it. No, I'm going to give you something. You can't put it. All right, it's fine. So be that way. All right, let me see. Let me see if this works. Um, Mike knows what I have issues with. <laughs> oh, you know, hey. I, I yeah, no. my mind does not work. Are you there? Oh, so we got Mike. Oh, we got another guy. Do we have somebody else? I thought oh, I heard somebody else. That was you. Sorry. <laughs> we're all messed up today. I apologize. We just If you're just joining us, we're doing the second show we did today, and uh, we had an issue with the first show, which you may have seen live, but we're doing the second show now. And, uh, yeah, so let's, um, you know, we're, I, I'm having problems with this oh, as Mike, well. So. Bring up a couple, Mike, Mike so give, us some, give us some other names from this, from this list, Mike, that you think are kind of interesting. Okay. Um... And I will. Well, okay. It, it was very, it was very heavy on obviously on 2016 picks. Uh, one of the things that I th- I was critical of is the fact that players who had good years in junior uh, as 19 year olds, they, they their rankings went down. And I, obviously, I focused on Maple Leafs because that's the team that I that I cover. And a player like Jeremy Bracco, who and I'm not, you know, we're not going to call talk extensively on him, but I'm just saying a player like Jeremy Bracco, who was ranked in the top 40 last year and had a really good year with the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. His his ranking went down to 67, and I I just thought that that was a little bizarre. That you know players like that, you know, unless the player made the NHL <laughs> or exceeded in the AHL. Even though they stuck in, they stayed in junior. That it, it it reflected their ranking going down. Well, anyway, um, the top three picks, the top three selections were all 2016 draft picks. Um, but the third overall pick, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, was not one of them. Uh, he was ranked eighth. And I know that Russ said that he saw Pierre Luc Dubois at the uh, upper deck uh, event in Toronto on Monday and. That he is significantly bigger and stronger than he was just a few months ago. Yeah, I thought he was like three to five pounds of muscle, and he said it was more like nine to ten. And and yeah. it looks like Vinny Lecavier, even though he's a couple inches shorter, he looks about the same thickness that Vinny was sort of, you know, in the middle of his career. And so he he really looks like now that he has bulked up to play the center position. To have him a 
just is, is mind-boggling. Mike can name you some of the guys ahead of him. It doesn't make sense. Well, and this this was the thing that was was puzzling. Uh, and again, Leaf related. Mitch Marner won every conceivable MVP award last year. He won the OHL MVP, CHL MVP, yeah. the OHL Playoff MVP, and the Memorial Cup MVP, and won a Memorial Cup. Right. And he went down a spot to he fifth. He didn't do enough, Mike. Yeah, he didn't do enough. He could have done better. And, and Dylan Strom, who was ranked seventh, and did not have that great of a year for... You know he's a great, he's a very good young prospect, but he didn't. Have, nobody said he had a phenomenal year with the Erie Otters last year. He went up to four. He's ahead of Marner, so that's what I mean. It's like it's a very subjective list, and I'm not criticizing Corey because he's. I am. I will because like Dylan Strom, just as an example, even if he's gained more strength, like I think he has, right now this moment, I would still take Pierre Luc Dubois over Dylan Strom, and it's not to denigrate Dylan Strom. It's just to tell you what I think Pierre Luc Dubois will be. And 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 that and that's like right at this moment because I think Dubois is going to make Columbus and I think this is what we're talking about two players that are probably both going to make their teams but I, I just like Dubois better I don't know where Dylan Strong got to be fourth I just don't yeah so I mean I, I mean it, that's that's sort of the the thing I quibble about with this list is that you know I think Dylan Strong is is going to be a very good NHL player, I, re I really do. But and he's got the size, and he, I think he'll have to get a little stronger. And there are some question marks regarding Marner. But if you if you're basing it on the difference between last year and this year, where Marner won everything and played better than Strom at the World Junior in Helsinki, yeah, and still Marner goes down and and still Strom goes up. That's that that makes me question the criteria here. Uh, a player that I that you and I are both high on, Russ, in Clayton Keller was ranked sixth. And and I like him. And there there was a there was a report yesterday, and it's a little confusing. There was a report out there that Keller had received an offer, a pro offer from the Coyotes, uh, even before his, playing playing his first year in the NCAA, which is a little strange because you would think that if he had made the decision that there was, you know, he wasn't going to even be tempted by a pro offer. Well, I guess when he said that he was ninety nine percent going to. To college, and that sort of left the door open for everybody, I think. And so that that's probably why they did it, just to sort of cover their bases. But I think in a year, Clayton Keller will be in the NHL. And so why he's sixth, I don't know. Well, I mean, and that, that goes along with some of the Kyle Connor, who after his freshman year signed the contract. I mean, that I mean, that's that that makes the long term effect of the whole Jimmy VC thing are, the, are these players who are NCAA players that teams draft even though they have that four year window and of eligibility teams are now going to be scared because if, they, if these players get to their senior year they're so close to becoming unrestricted free agents that teams are going to after one or two years sign them and get them locked up yep. oh I agree I mean I think and I'm sorry I'm just getting our guy in here so um, I really think that we talked to him. Kevin you know, Allen was talking about that whole college rule and how he should perhaps change it. You know, um, and I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't think You're it can be changed. Not change it. I don't think it can't be changed, right? Because of the whole, the whole concept of it. Well, it can't it, be changed until the new CBA. But the thing right. is, 
uh, if it isn't changed in the new CBA, I mean, I think one of the, I mean, there have been players out there who have been traded in deals in the past where teams couldn't get them signed under a contract. And they, you know, essentially, they, they, they know that they're not going to be able to get them signed and they're just included in deals. I think that that's probably going to be more common going forward because if they, if, if, if a team has a, you know, I mean, do you think, don't you think Nashville is a little regretful that they didn't trade VC last year in retrospect because all they did was get the third round pick that they drafted him with five, four years ago. And, you know, th there was the promise of getting him signed and, he, you know, we'll see how good of a player he is. But at his peak value, if they would have traded him last summer, they probably could have gotten a you know a first or a second round pick or a high or high prospect and that you know that teaches other teams a lesson. Yeah, it's hard though because they really were hoping so. And how many players really will fit into this category? I mean, this is like this is yeah, really not gonna be guys every year. That's for sure. I mean, most right. of the guys are not gonna are not gonna do this. You know, most right. of the guys one, yeah, one guy comes up every two or three years. So it was Mike right. Riley, and then it was yeah. We don't know who yeah. the next one's going to be. Yeah, we don't know who the next I one is. I bring up another contested one, Mark. Okay, um, well... <laughs> another contestant on today's is Russ Wright. Yeah, uh, Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. Sebastian Ajo of the uh, the Finnish Sebastian Ajo, the, the forward who was a draft pick of the Carolina Hurricanes, is ranked 10th. Now, he had a great world junior. Yep, won a gold medal, all won that. Won a gold medal. Um, but... He was 54th last year, and on the strength of a great world junior, goes up to 10th. And who's 11th? And 11th is Alex Nylander, the uh, first-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres, who had a good but not great year with Mississauga, but had a good uh, world junior with Sweden, especially after his brother got injured. And who's 12th? 12th is Zach Wierenski. Yeah, now, Zach Wierenski, I would put ahead of the players you just mentioned. Yeah, where would he fall? I just got the list up finally myself here, so I have it. Um, well, Zach, I mean, Zach Wierenski won a Calder Cup, and yeah. is is you know, for most experts' determination, is going to be part of the starting six for the Blue Jackets this year. Aho might make the Hurricanes, might, probably will, but you know, might. And Alex Nylander is going to start his career in the AHL. Right. So, and I just saw Wierenski, and, and he looks just as big as ever. He looks really fit. And at the end of the day, I would have him ranked ahead of both those guys because he will have more impact at the NHL level than both those guys. Like that's, I mean, clearly he's going to have more impact than, than Nylander because Nylander is not going to have any impact. Okay, uh, I, I, I dropped off for a second, so we'll keep going here. Yep. Um, Tyson Yost was 15th. Now, you know, he he has not played. Uh, he's going, I believe, is, is it North Dakota, Russ, that he's going to? Or? Yep. yep. Now, he played in the BCHL. Didn't even play in, in, in the CHL. He's playing in a second-level league. It was a rather, you know, a high, a high draft pick, but he's going to be playing America, U.S. college. But he's ranked 15th, uh, and he's ranked ahead of uh, like Miko Rantanen, first-round pick from the uh, Avalanche, uh, Daniel Sprung, and Ivan Profaroff. Yeah, I and I like Jost is the way I've always heard it pronounced. I like him a lot. In the under-18s, there was nothing he could do wrong. He was a great all-around player, really good fire starter on offense. 
but I still would take Rantanen and Provorov ahead of him. And I think he'd be right there. I think he would just be a few picks down. But, I mean, Rantanen is inches from making the NHL, and Provorov has a – again, he's inches away too. He, so I just I look at it and I just say, I get what you like about Jost for the future because he has all of these intangibles, but he's further along. He, he's farther off. Okay, so have you, gotten, have you gotten all of them so far up to 15, um, the gist of it? I mean, there's. I mean, the one I saw, uh, Matthew Barzal at thirteen. I yeah, think that, we've been jumping around. We, okay, we yeah, jumping just around. I, that one. That one kind of struck me. That's all I was thinking. Um, as as what though? Too high or too low? Uh, as a little, as a little. Well, I guess a little too close to number one. Is you want to call that too low? Okay, too, too low. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? I I just saw Barzal, and I I posted a picture on Twitter so people could see it. He looks so fit. Compared yeah. to what he used to be, like just bigger, and that was the only thing this guy was lacking. He's a tremendous vision and speed and everything else. So you know what, I I would put Barzell there, and I wouldn't have an issue. No, okay. here, here here was the one that that uh, Russ and I reacted, I think, most uh, vociferously to. Um, if you you know, because we were at the combine and we were both at the draft and. The talk was that Miguel Sergachev, who ended up being the first-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens, and Ole Ulevi, who won a Memorial Cup with the uh, London Knights and was a draft was I think fifth overall for Vancouver, were very close. Sergachev I think went ninth. Right. On this list, Ulevi went was listed 14th, and Sergachev was listed 38th. There is not that wide of a disparity of difference between these two defensemen. No, and Sergachev could, could very well play this year for Montreal. Like, it's just, I don't get it. I well, really don't. And I like your levy better. I do yeah. like his measurables better. But for this year's impact, I'm going to take Sergachev every time. Well, the, the, and this is the thing. And when we were looking at this, we were looking for, like, a listing of the criteria of what. Yeah. It's, similar, it's similar to that hockey news. Well, we did yesterday that uh, did the top 50 players again because I, I wasn't here when you guys did that with Ovechkin not being in the top 10, and I was just, you know. Right. It was a sim similar to that list where, you know, we don't know whether it's based on the last year or based on the last three years. We don't know what. 100 monkeys typing at 100 typewriters. Right. <laughs> we, we don't know what exactly is the criteria that's being used to determine the ranking here. But if it's, I mean, if it's a player who was not previously ranked and then entered in, in, the, in the thing, that's one thing. But when you have a player like I said, like Brocco, who was ranked in the in the in the 30s, and then had a good year in the OHL, and then is ranked in the 60s, it it just doesn't add up. So that's yeah. why I question some of the rankings. I mean, go ahead, Eric. There's a lot of 18, 19, and 20, you know. But then there's like a guy like um, there's a 21 year old, you know, here in like um, in Buchnevich, you know, in Pavel Buchnevich. Right, um, and and the funny thing about Buchnevich is, we got a good look at him like two years ago in the World Juniors. Mm -hmm. We didn't get a great look at him last year. I know someone who covers that other league. That other league? Mm -hmm. And he wasn't even getting top-line top play until close to the end of the season. So I think he's going to be a really good player. I don't think he's a superstar. And so I think where he's ranked is okay, but I just think we haven't seen enough of him to really sort of rank him ahead of some other bigger names. Like an example... Mike, where do we say Anthony Mantha was? 
Uh, I think he was in the 40s. He's in the 40s, and he's a guy that had a terrific season in the AHL. His second year, right, that was his second AHL season, coming off an injury, too. He had a broken leg, right, the first year? Right. Yes. And then, yeah, and so I, I don't understand it. Guys, this close to the NHL, matter of fact, when he played against the Flyers, he was really wreaking havoc out there. He was just a little yeah. bit like the brain couldn't keep up with the body, and so yep. – just couldn't put it away that game, but he was close to scoring a couple of goals in that really game. Was. Yeah. Well, here, here's, and I know, I know when I mentioned this one, Russ, that you yeah. reacted, especially since you'd seen him. Uh, Pavel Zaka was ranked 35th. So let's talk about Pavel Zaka. So yeah. I, I interviewed Pavel Zaka, and he is massive. Like right. he was already a tall guy, but now he's right. really wide. This kid has worked out ridiculously hard. Yeah. Six three two oh nine according to this. Yeah. Six three two oh nine. And he's all that. Like I mean, he he was the biggest guy there by far at the NA, you know, at the at the rookie showcase. Like he really just looked like an NHL, right? And I talked to him about playing with Taylor Hall and and he's thrilled at the prospect. And with the Tanner and, and we watched him just going through drills, right? Because they were shooting guys going through drills. And people were like, oh, my God, look at the speed and agility on this guy at this size. Right. I mean, so – Remember we watched him in preseason last year? Yeah. yeah. We watched him in preseason. Or is it, was, it, was, it was preseason, though, right? Yeah, he was preseason, I believe. It was preseason, right? So we were watching this. Our weird echo. Because he only played one regular season game, I think. You guys getting that echo? Not anymore. Okay, I'm getting it. Still – um, but yeah, I'll, I'll continue talking over it. Maybe when Mike comes back, it'll go away. It does. Isn't that strange? Um, anyway, there was an echo until you came back, Mike, oddly enough, for me. Um, well, it, was, it was echoing. That's why I dropped off. It was off. so strange. And then when you dropped off, it got worse, and then you came back, and got better. I don't, anyway, let's just not worry about that. Um, so Pavel Zaka, we were watching, and we were both excited. To, you were especially excited to watch it and see him play. And New Jersey did that thing that teams do where they bring up a where, – where, you know, they didn't give him any really meaningful minutes. They just played right. him – they played him – they didn't play him on the power play much. They played him on like the fourth line. Yeah. To me, when you're going to have a guy like this, and you have a preseason game, why aren't you playing him top minutes and see? Because, I mean, is it, because, is it that you're afraid he's going to do too well, and your fans are going to be like, "Oh, we need to play him"? No, no. I think that's because they had already determined that they were going to send him back to Sarnia. That's why. I think that it's that's sort of if if you don't do that, that's sort of like and I always bring this example up in 2009 in his draft year, Nazem Kadri stood on his head at training camp, and all Leaf fans were saying, "This guy's got to make it." And the Leafs sent him back to sent him back to London, right. and everybody had a, a hissy fit because he had a great camp. Well, they had determined that he was going to go back, and that's probably what Ray Shiro had determined that you know he for his development he needs to go yeah. back. Effort. And and the thing was, he had a great year in the OHL, um, and then he plays the last game of the regular season with the Devils against Toronto, and he I think he had an assist in that game. Two points. Two, po two points. So I mean, you know, it's I mean I think that that was the proper method of development for the Devils with Saka. But this guy's like a no-brainer. Gonna yeah. play this year, and he's got him ranked 38. We have our yeah. guest. Everybody's got the right to their hey, own. Guys. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Good guys, how are you? Good, Mike. So it's Mike. We're being joined by Mike. Mike's a Patreon subscriber, and this was supposed to be a Patreon-only show for those of you just joining us. Unfortunately, we were banned. The KHL stepped in and changed oh. that. Oh, that league we cannot mention stepped in and changed that earlier. And um, so we're doing another real show for everybody. Um, but we wanted to have Mike on anyway. Um, 
you know, and Mike, thanks for supporting the show, first and foremost. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Of course, of course, no problem. And we can't have enough mics on the show. I mean, that's clear. Yeah. So Mike is a uh, Mike is a Penguins fan, correct? Yes. So let's find some Penguins players on this list to discuss for a second, shall we? Okay. Um, well, Sprong is on there. Right, Sprong. Now, what did, you know, did we do? We get into Sprong. You guys got into Sprong. While no, I was we didn't get into Sprong. What okay, was, let's. What was yeah, he? 19th or something? Um, I well, let me pull it up one second. I believe he was. Yeah, he's pretty high. It was. It was. It was. Um. Yeah, I got it right. I'm trying to get through it here. He was like, uh, let's say, ninth, tenth. Uh, yeah, he was sixteenth. Sixteenth. Yeah. Well, I mean, he got NHL experience last year. There's no reason he shouldn't this year. And people were wondering when he got sent down. Well, how's he going to react? And he had a phenomenal year, like just a phenomenal year. And didn't he play in the AHL as well, right? So, so he he literally played in like every league you could play in last year. I mean, the Penguins have had so many, had such an influx of young players um, last year. Obviously, we saw them all in the playoffs. Yeah. They were such a huge portion of this. Um, is yeah. Sprung? What do you? I mean, what what are your thoughts on where does Sprung fit in that whole scheme of things? I mean, the Penguins are a little bit of an oiled machine right now. Well, they are and they aren't. We we don't know if Connor Sheary's going to pick up where he left off. Right. Right. You, you got you got to remember, Eck, is that the that influx of youngsters, as you're talking about, were not guys who were considered top-rated prospects. You're talking about Kunakel. You're talking about Sheary. You're talking about Rust. I mean, these are guys. You know, they they were role players in the oh, AHL. They came up and they fit into a certain uh, role with with the with the Penguins. But you know, Sprung is a second-round pick who they think. Should have been a first round pick, yeah, and with with proper development is probably going to be could be a top six forward uh, going forward. I so mean, even as a rookie, five goals in ten games in the AHL playoffs, seven points. I mean that was his AHL experience. That's good enough to get him a long run through camp and preseason games again. And he, look, at the end of the day, he's a first or a second liner. But even if you were to play third line this year on that team. He would be an upgrade to some of the other guys if his offense comes through. So he's certainly going to get every opportunity. Is he a good two-way player? Yeah, he's a good two-way player. Now, he's probably not to the degree of a Kunakle who is really physical, but but Sprung has gotten better on defense, and I think I think he's good enough. I don't think he's great, but I think he's good enough. But he's too young to be able to. He's he would have to go back to Charlottetown. Um, he he won't yeah. turn 20 until March. He'll go to the AHL, right? So, no, he cannot go to the AHL. Right until his league's over. Yeah, the only other player I found on this list was Jake Getzel, right? Um, who was number 106, um, a center from I guess I guess Omaha, a University of Nebraska Omaha player. Um, but um, so what? So Mike, um, are yeah. you a lifelong Pittsburgh Penguins fan or? Absolutely. Uh, born in Pittsburgh, raised in Pittsburgh, lived in nice. Pittsburgh my whole life. Yes. Yes. Hello from the other side of the state. Um, <laughs> I'm in Pittsburgh way too much. I, I probably go to Pittsburgh once or twice a year now. It's crazy. No, Russ, Russ is as sick of Pittsburgh as he is of Buffalo. I like Pittsburgh. <laughs> the people are nice. The food's good. and I'll, I'll be there for the outdoor game for sure. Yeah. Uh, that'll be fun. I mean, that'll be a really good outdoor game. I like. I wish they would have done it at PNC just to switch it up, although I like where the Steelers play, and I've skated on the ice, and it is really good. You get a, a cool feeling in that circular, but I think at PNC you might have gotten some really better views. But oh well. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the football stadiums are better than view-wise than the baseball stadiums personally. Just so far, I mean, depending on where you sit, of course, it depends. Yeah, yeah, like, there's some better seats overall in a baseball stadium if you're in the infield. There's places like you're high up, you know, certain spots. But then the, there's the entire outfield in the baseball stadiums like useless. Well, we'll we'll find out what it's like in the soccer stadium because the BMO Field in Toronto, where the uh, uh, the Leafs and the Red Wings are playing on New Year's Day is was primarily for the Toronto FC right. uh, MLS club. Right. And I just passed that the other day going into Toronto, and my thought was, boy, that's a lot of open air, more than even like football stadiums. People are going to freeze their asses off. <laughs> and, and, and it is right off the lake. It is. It right is. They are really going to freeze for that game. It's going to be. Well, that uh, should be, right? I mean. I don't, know. I don't know. How cold do you want to get? I mean. Well, Russ. The media will be in like a warm, secluded yeah, press box. We, yeah, yeah, I better be in the press box, Russ. I want to watch people freezing outside. That's what I want to do when Listen, I get I wore home. a snowsuit in Edmonton because that press box was a little, little press box in Commonwealth Stadium. And, yeah. and so you had to go outside pretty much if you wanted to see something. But you're right. That will be warmer, although the one in Manitoba might be colder. But that is right off the lake. It is going to be cold, man. I've always wanted to ask a Penguins fan this. I have a couple of friends who have talked to you about this. Um, so this season was sort of a weird gift in a way, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. did you, you really didn't see this coming, right? It was really crazy. I, <laughs> I, was, just, I was just talking about early in the, in the season how Crosby was struggling, and uh, they, finally, they finally made the coaching change, which, you know, needed to be made. Yeah. Before the season even started, in my opinion, yeah. and uh, they just caught fire, and uh, I didn't see this coming. Really, I thought halfway through the year that you know maybe they should just pack it in, and try to get that first round pick from Toronto in the Kessel deal, but uh, yeah. they caught fire, and uh, you know they just they just couldn't be stopped. It was, yeah, it was it was fun to watch. I'm I mean from a Flyers fan perspective, horrifying. Yeah. I, I spoke to Bo Bennett, right, one-on-one -on -one at the media day before the Cup, and he said for that first half of the season, they were fragile mentally. And that was the biggest problem was anytime they fell behind, they just crumbled. And so a lot of that did change when Sullivan came yeah. and just a little bit of confidence got bred into him because they just lacked confidence, he said. And I was a little, I was a little surprised at that because how could you have guys like Crosby and Malkin and – and guys like that and lack confidence, but they, they clearly did. Like they and, and if you watch their games, you I'm sure Mike will attest to this, they really didn't come back from behind most of that first half of the season. Even last year, uh, they yeah. didn't come back from, from uh, being down at all. And that's normally yeah. a staple of the Penguins with right. all the, with all of the talent that they have. They're usually never out of games and even last year uh, it showed. I don't know if they came back and maybe – I don't think they came back in any game where they were down going in the third period last year. Uh, yeah. I think it's all a matter of coaching and motivation. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, Johnston wasn't sending the right message and uh, got a new voice in the room. And Sullivan, you know, he did a, an amazing job. And, uh, and uh, I can't give enough credit – to Rutherford for the moves yeah. that he made. I mean, he was brilliant this year. And it's so funny because we were really busting on him. I mean, early in the year, it looked like, I mean, he was just doing, it was like, okay, he's going to be, I remember talking about it, he's going to be there for two years, and he looks like he's only going to be there for two years. He's acting like he's only going to be there for two years. He's really not. Well, that first round of trades wasn't good. He, then the second round of trades was good. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And he, he shifted his gears pretty quickly. He made, I mean, I've always thought of Rutherford as one of the best trading GMs out there, but I was... Uh, you know, I really, I even was doubting him in the beginning of the year. But then, man, oh man, 
talk about a turnaround. And it's just ironic that this is the second time the Penguins have done this, basically, where they've had a, you know they fired a coach in the middle of the season, gone on to win the Stanley Cup, you know, in a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, that happened with my buddy Michelle Terrian before, and um, your buddy <laughs> this time around. Um, yeah. Hopefully he can't ban us from YouTube. Um, no, but you know, just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, but that it was watching this team. I mean, what are your so what are your thoughts on the goaltending situation? I mean, obviously, Mark Andre Fleury. It feels it's so weird the way they're acting about it to me. They're acting like, um, oh yeah, no, we're 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 going with these guys, and we're not going to trade anybody no matter what. And then you then on the same time, well, maybe the trade deadline we'll trade somebody because you know we have to next. What are your thoughts on on the goaltending situation? Well, I think at some point they're going to have to trade Flurry just yeah. because uh, of the expansion draft. Yeah. I can't see them losing Murray. Uh, with you know, with how affordable he is right now, and at the level that he played, I mean, he was he was amazing throughout the playoffs and through the second half of the season. I think you're going to have to trade Flurry at some point this year. Yeah. Um, I do agree with them uh, using both goaltenders because you know they played 106 games last year. Yeah. And they're going to have to split some time just just so they stay fresh throughout the year. Totally. But I think at some point you're going to have to trade Flurry. And uh, and roll with with uh, with Matt Murray and uh, you know I, I just I just think that's it makes sense with that I think okay. I think if um if they feel like they're going to need them both to make that for, full cup run they can afford to keep Flurry and then they could just leave him exposed and let Vegas get him and I and think they leave him exposed doesn't he have a no movement clause are they allowed to leave him exposed I didn't think they were allowed I don't think they are because he's got a no movement clause right he so I think unless, unless he waves the no movement unless he waves it and I think he would wave yeah. it I do okay. mm. because I think he wants he, just, he wants to be a starter so I do it's think expired. if he doesn't wave it maybe Matt Murray gets picked up and he is a starter so well, it's kind of a would, they would have they would have to protect him. Flurry if he doesn't waive the no move clause. So, right. so I mean that. See, I I think that's why right now you know both sides are keeping things on a on a sort of friendly level yeah. because I they mean have to, I, yeah. I mean if he okay and this is the thing does Mark Andre Flurry want to go to the Las Vegas expansion franchise that is going to probably be a losing franchise for three or four years, or at the trade deadline, does he want to potentially go to a team that needs goaltending that has a chance to win a Stanley Cup like the Dallas Stars or somebody else like that? He would probably waive the, waive the no-move clause to go to a competitive team, but if it gets to the expansion part of it, then maybe... You know, I still think he would. I think he would waive it at that point because I know he's a competitor. Yeah. If he goes through another season where he's not the starter. I think he would be anxious to get out. Right. Also, Dallas is. You know, I think it's going to be a race between him and Bishop to Dallas. Like one of them's ending up there, and whoever you know, maybe yeah, who's taking the other. Like they, they you know, know who's the other one's going. The other one's going to Vegas. I think. I think that's how it's going to play out. I think that St. Louis. Ah, uh, maybe St. Louis. I mean, that's possible. Uh, Calgary. At some point, St. Louis could use Bennington. Calgary has their goalie, and, and yeah. I, I'll tell you this. Calgary's got Brian Elliott. No, but wait. I, I was just watching John Gillies okay. at, at the NHL Rookie Showcase, and he's completely healthy. Mm -hmm. As you know, he's a big kid. He's 6'5". He really looks good. And so John Gillies could be the X factor there where you don't worry about Elliott long-term anymore. Okay. I'll yeah. buy that. But yeah, I mean, I, if, I, you, if you're trying to sell me Elliot as the number one, no, no, no. then I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Yeah. 
Now they are going to have issues because they have lots of players they have to sign, no matter what they do. Um, and they are going to this this year is is a kind of a year where the Penguins get another pass at doing what they did last year because they have everybody signed and they're okay. But next year, cap wise, they're going to have problems because they've got a lot of guys coming up. And here's the thing: I don't think a Vegas team would take either Dallas goalie. I really don't. No. Yeah, I don't think they would either. So I mean, I I think you're going to see the Penguins. You know, it's they're going to. I I do think that there's going to be an off season issue next year, and whether or not that becomes Malkin or not is the big question, right? Because that, I can tell you, Malkin there, <laughs> the Malkin stuff that rather further were saying, oh, we never, 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 never know. That was not the. There were discussions about Malkin with other teams. Now yeah, whether he wanted to kill it quickly after nothing was happening. Right, and he did that. And and Malkin, I mean, when what I heard, Malkin at one point did want to go, and then Malkin decided he didn't want to go. After they won the Stanley Cup, and you know, but but during the playoffs, there were points at which there were definitely talks going on. Um, and so now, but now, when you look at look at all the players they have to sign next year, that you know, what would your thoughts be on if Malkin's the player that has to go? Well, I I don't think there are very many players that they have to sign besides really Benino and Daly. I mean, uh, what you're I was sign Chris Kunitz next year. I think his. Let me go through that list. Cause someone was telling me that there was more than that. I might be wrong, but that that it was really going to be an issue, for sure. But I will. Um, but there are some uh, unrestricted free agents that you do have to sign. Uh, they took care of uh, Mata in the or during the season. Right. Right. Got him signed long term. Um, well, Justin Schultz is going to be another one. I'm not sure what you do with him. Right. You have you have three you have right. three, three defensemen: Schultz, Pouliot, Dumoulin, who are all RFA. Daly is a UFA. Matt Murray is an RFA. Uh, Shiri and Oscar Sundquist are RFA. And then you have Cullen, Benino, Kunitz, and Dupuy are UFA. The problem is, too, even if even with Murray as an RFA, if he were to get to, like, third round of the playoffs or the cup again, he's not taking a bridge deal. Right. Right. If he get, if he, yeah, I mean, you're talking about going from a, an entry level deal making less than seven hundred thousand dollars a year to him making four to five million on right. a long term deal, which makes it, it makes it imperative that they move Flurry because right. they have to clear the. That's cap. what would happen if he has another really successful season. Yeah, exactly. That's what you have to do. I mean, and we know what's interesting about Matt Murray is we're going to see him in the World Cup. We know we're going to yeah. see him right now. Well, it would al- it would almost benefit them, Ack, in a way, to split the goaltending between Flurry and Murray because if they yeah. do that, then it might be it might be pe- yeah. plausible for them to give him a bridge deal because they can say, okay, well, you won a Stanley Cup, but you know we we only split the duties with you with Flurry, and we'll we'll give you we'll give you some money, we'll give you a couple years, but we're not going to give you that long term deal. No, right? I don't think it would be because of that. I think it would be because if they were going to trade Flurry next year, then let let Flurry play a lot of games before he gets traded. I think that's what it would be. Right, to, to keep his value high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, they were they were just so unbelievably unbeatable at the end of last year. I mean, they, they when they were they were tearing through teams. I remember the Flyers were playing really well. Uh, they had won a bunch of games in a row and Pittsburgh came to down and just destroyed them. Um, and it was just it was one of these things where you could see at that point, and and the fascinating thing of how you know the the Islanders avoided the Penguins at the end of the year because you know people just were afraid of them. I mean, I do like their pretzel bits and cheese in the press box. Like they yeah. used better cheese than a cheese rolls. They did, and so I give them I give them full marks for that. Yes, that's true. The pretzel bits were okay. Did, did they have hot dogs? Cheese the, famous here. Did, oh, they, yeah. did yes. they have hot dogs yeah. in the press box, uh, Russ? Did they what? Have hot, hot dogs, dogs in the press box? No, I didn't no, see they hot did not. Dogs. No, that's rare. That's rare these days. Yeah. Um, 
I loved I loved just I loved going to Pittsburgh and the hotel the, the I just like the whole area downtown. It's yeah. really a lot of fun and and just in general like staying at that hotel I for as many games as I got to stay there for, which was like I was stayed like four or five nights there, I think, and I really got familiar with my surroundings to the point where I'm like, I feel like I live in this place because you just knew where everything was, and it's so yeah. easy to walk to anything. I mean, it's a great downtown area. It's really, it's really um, underrated as a city within the downtown spot. I agree. So um, I do want to talk about the Devil's Rumor really quickly because we talked about it in the last show, and of course the last show doesn't exist anymore. So um, I'll talk about that before we get out of here today. Um, so. You know, I, I've been hearing that the Devils are definitely looking at defensemen, and, and they've made some moves, obviously, moving their top defenseman, Larson, out, for, which was a great trade no one can fault them for. But they they do now have, I think, some big holes. And we talked about this in the last show that doesn't exist um, anymore. But, but the idea here is they feel very much like where the Islanders were a few years ago when the Islanders signed, you know, um, Boychuk and... Uh, and Letty, to the point where you know you look at okay, Cam Fowler is somebody that I know the Devils really want, and he becomes their top top defenseman if they get him. And then after that, you've got guys like you've got Chris Russell, you've got Dennis Seidenberg, who is who lives in New Jersey, you know South Jersey, granted, but still is you know a New Jersey resident. Seidenberg's really done though. No offense to him. But it feels like he is done too. I do agree, but you know they're gonna need somebody in New Jersey to help. I mean, he can still maybe help the power play. You know, Seidenberg, he still has some speed. Seidenberg, a signing of Seidenberg even to a PTO would be like the Edmonton Oilers bringing in Andrew Ference, who was basically done when they signed him. Uh, but right, I mean, you got Nikitin out there, and I know a lot of people have had issues with Nikitin, but, you know... Nikitin's not playing in the NHL anymore. All right, so... I don't think so. I just... I Kyle, Quincy, Kyle, Kyle Quincy. Kyle Quincy, right, you mentioned Kyle Quincy as well. Um you know Willie Mitchell. There's some players, other defensemen out there, correct? But I think the thing yeah. at the end of the, at the end of the day, um, I I do look to the Devils and remember that Islanders trade when they picked up those two guys happened on October fourth, so right before the season started. Yeah, and 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 what, that I think happened here. And what I asserted in the show that doesn't exist anymore uh, was the fact that yes. the Devils are just starting to reaccumulate prospects after you know being pretty pretty stripped bare. I mean they have some young guys right. who are on the roster now. They have Pavel Zaka, they you know they have a few other Mackenzie Blackwood and a few other guys. They don't have a ton of assets other than giving up draft future draft picks to get a guy like Fowler or to get a guy right. like Chatton. No, they do. They have Josh Jacobs. They still have defensemen down below and they still have guys you know, like Santini and Merrill that do have a lot of promise. But not a ton, Russ. Not a ton of promise. Well, Jacobs has a ton of – no, not a ton, but, I mean, nobody has a ton of defensemen anyhow. But if you if a team got Josh Jacobs in return, they'd be happy. And yeah, so, and if you can get if you can get Cam Fowler – and Cam Fowler's price is not ridiculous right now. Um, I mean, they Anaheim is, Anaheim is desperate. They are getting to the point where they cannot go much longer without moving him because they have guys they've got to sign. Um, and they haven't signed them, and they are at the point where they have to make a move. Um, I don't, you know, I would, I would try to find another way, but they seem hell bent on that. This is the way they're going to open up their cap space, and uh, yeah, they, you know, they, they want to lock up Lindholm on a long-term deal, and then yeah, they, they want to create the room by moving Fowler. But that doesn't mean you give away Fowler for a second-round pick. Like, I believe it was two second-round picks that the that the that the Bruins got for. Right. For a boy chuck. Two second round picks for Fowler might not be horrible. I mean, that's that might, horrible. That's, that's, me, that's horrible. You think so? Yeah, yeah. he's an all star defenseman. Yeah, he's he's a he's a top power play guy. I can't do two 
second round picks for him. Like he's, that's horrible. He's an all star defenseman who's under contract for another two years at four million dollars per. But it, he's available. I mean, the fact of the matter. I mean, like talk about you know they've got they've got. Other but, defensemen that they want instead of him. I mean, this is, is on that particular team. You know, talk about an all-star, but you know, there's better in their head. There's better defensemen on their team right now. But the city. Yeah, well, I just saw. I will say this. I just saw Brandon Montour at the NHLPA event as well, and he does look bigger. He's always been fast. He's a really mm -hmm. good puck mover. He's not going to score like a Fowler though. Um, but but he's going to be you know a little lesser than that. But he's going to be good, and he is big, right? So so they yeah. probably do like him better long-term, so something probably will happen with Valorant. I looked up Jacobs. He had five points in seven games in the playoffs. It was his first year in the O because he switched out from college. He's got size. I would rather get Jacobs and a second than just two seconds, like if I'm that team, because at least I'm getting a guy who's yeah. only a couple years away. That's yeah. all. No, I mean, I could see it, but um, I don't know. I think he's... A it's very rare that players like this are available, and, and it's really interesting that this that he's available. You know, Shattenkirk is still available, even though they made him assistant captain. He's still available. Well, don't don't you think, Russ, that the last thing that the Anaheim Ducks are going to want in a deal for Fowler, because they have so much depth on defense with Manson and Montour and Theodore and all the guys, it would be another defensive prospect. Yeah, I, I, we see the stockpile them, and 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 again, like you can't have too many pitchers in baseball. I think they'll stockpile defensemen gladly. Yeah, I mean they do want scoring, but they they you know I don't know that the team. It depends on who they're talking they're a budget to. Budget team, and what are they going to spend the most money on in the future? It's right. Defensemen, especially after the core that they locked up start falling off. For sure, for sure. Well, that's all the time we have. But uh, Mike, thanks for jumping on today. We really appreciate yeah, that's it. Right. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Thanks so much for coming on. And remember, guys, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will be back again tomorrow at our regular time. <laughs> if, our show, if our show if our show isn't banned. One o'clock, and we will avoid. Which is about eleven o'clock now in Russia. Yes, we'll avoid certain topics tomorrow that involve or certain videos that involve Russia. Good night, guys. Talk Russia to you later. Yeah. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.